Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And the masters of the universe. I am Adam. Prince of Eternia and defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, By the power of Grayskull! became the mighty battle cat and I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Only three others share this secret. Our friends, the Sorceress, Man-at-Arms, and Orko. Together we defend Castle Grayskull from the evil forces of Skeletor. Hello, this is Optimus Solo, and welcome to the 32nd chapter in Tales of Eternia. With me for this journey into the Masters of the Universe franchise, as always, is TFG1 Mike. Hello. Hello, how are you? I am fantastic. Well, first of all, right off the bat, I think in this episode we need to go ahead and say that you helped out one of our fellow geeks, Mike the Birdman Dodd, and bought like 70% of his He-Man collection. (laughs) Well, the story goes... um, (laughs) When I was a child, uh, <laughs> when I was a young warthog, <laughs> no, um, obviously I've I've been a toy collector my whole life. Actually, all the way from when I was a child, basically, mm-hmm. I guess because I grew up in a family of collectors, um, and they made a point for all of the kids to have some type of collection. Um, before my toy collecting day started, uh, it had to do with you know. We didn't take a lot of family vacations, but whenever we did, um, we all had to collect stuff, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister collected um, – shoot, I'm going to get this wrong now. My, my brother collected shot glasses from the various <laughs> places that we went. I used to do that, too. Um, my sister collected spoons, and I collected um, keychains. Um, so I, whenever we took trips or whatever, you know, my sister would get a little spoon that said, you know, whatever state it was, and I would get a keychain, my brother would get a shot glass, etc. Um, but collecting has been something that my mom, I think, instilled on me because she didn't just buy, like, you know, a random toy from this thing or a random toy from that thing. She made sure, like, I was getting Transformers nonstop, and when I you know shifted interest to star wars she supported that like she still to this day like one of the the more recent things that i decided that i was going to start collecting was the star wars novels the books mm-hmm. so that i could eventually read them in continuity or in uh not continuity in uh chronological order mm-hmm. and now every time she goes by a bookstore she has a list of which ones i have and which ones i don't have and she picks them <laughs> up for me <laughs> Um, you know, a used bookstore for a dollar, this, that, and the other. So she's always supported the habit. Outside of the fact that at one point, I think before maybe I got really into collecting, um, there was a garage sale that happened, and a lot of my childhood toys got sold outside of my Transformers and a few select He-Man and G.I. Joe figures. A lot of my stuff went. Um 
I don't know how I was able to hold on to certain things, but uh, I know she knew not to touch my Transformers and she knew not to touch my Star Wars stuff. But I lost a, a majority of He-Man figures, I believe. Um, I only have, mm-hmm. basically, I had kept a hold of Skeletor, He-Man, um, Zor, uh, and a few others that I got. I, I kept a hold of. So obviously uh, Birdman has been selling all of his stuff. Um, to pay bills and to handle, you know, tough Life times stuff. that he's going through. He's sold his, everything he's had. He sold his Transformers, his Turtles, his Doctor Who stuff, his Halo stuff. And one of the collections that he was selling was his He-Man stuff. And it was a good variety of figures, um, plus some of the classics, some of the vintage stuff that I would have grown up with, that he grew up with, mm-hmm. that has been played with, etc. But then some of his uh, the classic lines as well, the play sets, the vehicles. I don't even know what all I'm getting. I'm getting two <laughs> huge boxes of stuff, and I'll, I'll see what's all is in there. Um, but I'm getting, uh, you know, I feel bad in a sense that I'm taking some of his toys that obviously he doesn't want to get rid of. And I also feel bad in the sense that he's no, in no way getting the value he should for him. Because if you even figured one of those, if you figured each figure at ten dollars yeah. a pop, yeah. I'm not paying that. Um, no, I know. I so, know. but yes, I, I I will be reuniting some of the few He-Man figures that I had with new figures from his collection, and we'll see what all I end up with. I'll be taking some type of picture once I get it all mm-hmm. together. You know, when you know when you come to you know when you, when you boil it down and you think about it. We as kids and playing with toys and, and, you know, now as adults and becoming collectors, we're just a different type of hoarder. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I just found some Transformers uh, the other day that I hadn't even taken out of the package yet because I'm not typically a person that keeps God. everything in the package. <laughs> I, I like to display them. I like to put them out. I'm, I don't care. I'm not really interest, that interested in the value and selling them and this, that, and the other. I mean, I do have some select things that I've kept in the package, more rare items, etc. But I, I just found like three Transformers from the Classics line that I hadn't taken out of the package yet. I'm like, oh, well, huh. <laughs> That's a bad sign of a toy collector when you just bought them and brought them home and then added them to a collection without even taking them out of the package yet. <laughs> so yep. eventually my basement will be a, a toy collector's dream. So. Just you just got to make sure you use a lot of Thompson's water seal and make sure that if any any floods happen. Yeah, well, luckily I'm in a I'm in a, a high area, um, yeah. and it kind of goes downhill from downhill. Um, <laughs> that sounds bad, but it's downhill from where I'm at, um, and I've never had a drop of water in five years in my basement, so that that's good. But uh, yeah, there's going to be basically a showcase. It's going to be the outside walls of my basement. And then the rest of it's going to be just a big entertainment room slash uh, possibility of putting like a little tiny like movie theater type thing down there. But uh, but the walls will be toys, and uh, there will be some humongous. Uh, my biggest toy collection is my Star Wars uh, toy oh, collection, yeah. so that'll take up the majority of the space, followed by Transformers, and then I guess now I'll have like a little He-Man section and some other different right. sections here and there. I have a bunch of starting lineup figures, and we'll see. Oh my god, I remember that. I have Hot Wheels, uh, Treasure Hunt Hot Wheel cars, which are the apparently the best Hot Wheel. You know, there's only usually only one per case. Um, yeah. And we used to have some very annoying Hot Wheel collectors that, when I worked at Target that would try to get those. So I would make sure every day I opened that I took all the ones out of the boxes first and bought them myself. So I have like a dozen or two dozen Treasure Hunt Hot Wheels. I don't even know what they're worth, and they're all still in the package. Those I will sell because I have no sentimental value for those. But yeah, yeah. I can't believe you've been in that house for five years. About oh five God. years. I bought it in uh, 2009. 2009. So yep. yeah, it, it's been five years, I guess. Yeah. Because so, I bought it in July. So yeah, you bought it one month after the network went online. Yep. So it's uh the basement's the only thing yet to be done, so we'll see. Once once my roommates uh, move out now that they're married, uh, I'll start the basement remodel, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, um, are you ready for the powers of Grayskull, sir? I guess. All right, in this episode, apparently we're going to have differing opinions, but in this episode of Tales of Eternia, we will be giving you our thoughts on episode 93, One for All, episode 94, Jacob and the Widgets, and episode 95, Trouble's Middle Name. So we hope you're ready. Because it's time to go back to eternity. 
space pirates. And because of our generosity, we're only going to take half your crops. Half? But you can't. We need... Shh. We'd better let them have what they want. Just to be sure there's no trouble, no one is to leave the village. I've got to get help. Everything will be fine as long as you do what I say. Ah! That one's not trying out for the track team! Go after her. Yes! We start today with episode 93, One for All, written by Robert White, an air date of Thursday, October 18th and the pl- of 1984. The plot is a band of space pirates attack an Eternian village, and Prince Adam must find a way to stop them without his power sword. We don't have any of the evil warriors, but we do have some villains here that go by the name of Sticky Fingers, Batty, Frogman, Hisser, uh, Leo, and Lava Man. Um, and Tracker, I guess. And then uh, the Masters, we have our main crew, as always, it seems like. The PSA is Prince Adam explaining how this episode was about cooperation and how we should all be willing to help each other out. And uh, Orko's fun facts here. This episode, we finally meet some space pirates after hearing of their existence in House of Sh- Cody Part 1. Um, the ship that the space pirates use is almost identical to the Keeper's ship in the heart of a giant. Sticky Fingers' crew of space pirates are not named, but I named them before. Um, and uh, Batty's design is actually Sago from The Sleepers Awaken, though the creature does not look cute in any way. <laughs> um, so we have a plot that deals with a band of space pirates attacking a village, and we also have the subplot of Prince Adam having to try to uh, basically save the day without becoming He-Man. What did you think of the plot of this one? Not the execution, the plot. No, well, the execution goes along with the plot, but um, no, I, this was all right. Um, I'm thinking when we get to the halls of Castle Grayskull, I'm going to have to put in. Um, I'm going to have to put Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting inside Castle Grayskull because as soon as I saw this episode title, all I thought of was their damn song from Three Musketeers twenty years ago. Uh, one for all, all for whatever the hell. Three Musketeers reference, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it just, and no, it's not a candy bar. It, I don't know, this cooperation is great, but it, it feels like I've seen this before in this show. I mean, we, we've had lessons like this before. And this, honestly, this plot, this, you know, People not thinking they're brave enough or not thinking they're good enough to do something and then, you know, coming together. And I've seen this way too many damn times nowadays. And seeing it in He-Man is like, no, give me a stupid Skeletor plot. Give me something other than this. I, I guess I could see that the the desire for having Skeletor, etc. Um, I get that. But I kind of like that, number one, they are uh, filling out with the reference to Space Pirates and that we're actually getting, you know, what that, an example of that, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so I don't mind that. Um, I also like that it's a band of villains. I like the idea of having not just one guy, but like a, an actual like little subgroup. And it's not just like one guy with like a little clone army or something like that. It's uh, It's an actual set of, you know, five or six banded together misfits or villains so i kind of dig that part um the thing we have seen before obviously is the whole idea of uh, adam trying to do something without the the sword without being being able to become he-man um i don't know if it necessarily gets old for me i like seeing the different ways that he's going to try to have to combat whatever he's going up against without becoming he-man so i like that aspect so i really didn't have too many uh, too many issues with the plot i can see some of it being stuff that you have seen before but we haven't seen the space pirates before so no we haven't seen the space pirates before but again it just to me it feels like a villain of the week and yes i did i, I do agree with you they are a band it's not just one or two guys going you know willy-nilly all over the place and they all have different functions and whatever else, and that's great, but I just feel like we're 93 episodes into 130 episodes of this series. Give us something more. 
I think you've been watching too much Mask, and you're letting it cloud your no, cloud your opinions. No, because uh, because I would take this episode over any episode of Mask. I, I'm sorry for the Mask fans out there. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I mean, what about the whole idea of the PSA and working, you know, together? I, 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 yeah, I mean, I like that. I agree with that, and that's that's a good message. Um, it's better than half the messages in Mask. Um, it just I don't know. It feels like that they're taking old plot lines from season one and just redoing them with a different different mask on, honestly. All right. Well, we'll have to see if we can get Mike to say anything good about One for All as we make our way to Castle Grayskull for the first time today. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'll go see what's going on, Adam. You stay here. All right, Tila. Adam will stay right here. Good idea. But I get the feeling that He-Man won't. Oh, come on. It wasn't a very loud call for help. Loud enough, Cringer. By the power of Grayskull. All right, here we are at Castle Grayskull for episode 93. I don't have a feeling that you're going to have a lot of them, so let's get you out of the way first. What are the good things <laughs> about this episode, sir? The good things. Lizard Man had a wild E. Coyote moment falling off the cliff and going splash into the water. I laughed so hard at that. <laughs> um, and I do love Cringer's bravery in this episode, even though he was always hiding and saying he didn't want to do anything to, to help anybody. He did save the day twice. That's true. So That is true. That's it. Yikes. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, Cringer had a lot of good moments in this episode. Uh, first, uh, there's the initial time where the villains are calling for help, and this, that, and the other. That girl is uh, Rose, and uh, Cringer has the line, well, it wasn't a very loud call for help. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, like I said, I like the idea of a band of villains. It's not something we've gotten hardly ever in this series. It's always one villain or one villain and a henchman. It, it's very rare for this series to have outside of the evil warriors an actual band of villains so i like that um i like that the sword was stolen i i know it's happened before but i like it when prince adam has to do something without us without the sword or has to figure things out or has to figure out how to get the sword back etc um tila has a line to adam there are more important things than your sword and cringer says that's what she thinks (laughs) (laughs) um I like the baddie guy at the end when uh, Sticky Fingers is getting apprehended and he's like, I'm just an innocent bystander. Uh, I like the quick turnabout where he's trying to just act like he didn't do anything. Um, And I like the way they handled Adam and He-Man in this episode. Um, I like the transitions between it. I liked the the references the characters were making to Adam, you know, Orko and Cringer knowing that Adam couldn't turn into He-Man without the sword, knowing how important the sword was. Um, I liked Adam doing the things that he did while he was Adam and and the way they kind of developed his character into trying to find other means. Um, So I just liked the way they handled the Adam-He-Man dichotomy in this episode. I mean, and I I like that too. It just, it, it wasn't anything for me to write any specific moments down. I mean, I, you know, uh, Honestly, at this point in season two, and it's going to be coming up here soon, um, probably the one episode, the entire second season, I don't know what I've done so far to this point, but between now and the end of season two, I know I'm going to at least give one more five out. Have you watched Uh, episodes ahead of time? No, I have not, but... No, 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 I have not, but I will tell you that I had to search friggin' Hulu... They're a little slider there because this episode, actually, no, um, this episode shows up and then the last episode today shows up next. And then Jacob and the Widgets, which we'll talk about after this episode, shows up like a million episodes backwards. 
huh. on Hulu. So it wasn't in the proper order. So I kept going forward. I'm like, okay, well, it's probably forward in the season. And I remember the episode that I've been talking about, you know, going on and on and on about that. I remember about Adam giving up the power. And that was uh, the problem with power is the title of the episode. That's the one that I had remembered for the longest time about about this series. So, no, I haven't been watching episodes in advance. Gotcha. All right. Um, well, you've given out two fives so far in season two, so hopefully we'll see more <laughs> than just one more. Um, but uh, since I know you have some negative things to say about this episode, let's take a venture to Snake Mountain. Oh, why is it always up to us? Back off, swabs. Just who are you? Mm, they call me Sticky Fingers. Got him. What? I can't move. What is this stuff? <clears throat> it's it's tar. This is worse than stepping in Orko's bubble gum. Yeah. <laughs> There's no use struggling. My special tar can hold an army. If I can only get to my sword. All right, we find ourselves at Snake Mountain for the first time today with the lowlights of One for All. I will go first. I only have one, and my only question is, where are we? What village is this? What part of Eternia are we at? I don't know. It's never been mentioned before. It's never mentioned in this episode where they're taking a journey to, I don't believe, unless I missed it. So I'm just confused as to the setting of where this all is taking place. That's my only nitpick of this episode. And I'll build on top of that because mine is the, kind of the same. This is a village on Eternia, right? Question mark, question mark, question mark. How the hell do they not know who the prince is? Everybody, every time we've ever gone to some other place on Eternia, everybody has known who the prince is or who Tila is or who Man-at-Arms is. These are the royal people. I mean, hello? Ugh. And my other one, um, you know... I, like I was saying earlier, it's just a little nitpick. I, I like the message in this episode, and I uh, I mean, I like that part of it, but honestly, it would have been better for me if this was, you know, if it was Hordak and the Horde Troopers, or if it was Skeletor and Merman and Trapjaw. And, I, you know, I'll tell you one thing. It's a damn shame about this series. This this series, uh, for for as awesome and as... as as um, popular the character is, we have seen maybe n- none, maybe one or two episodes of Triclops, and that really pisses me off. I thought he would be used a hell of a lot more, and he hasn't been, and that's a damn shame. How do you really feel? I just told you. Oh, okay. Um, that it? That's it. Well, that's not too bad. You weren't that bad on this episode. Um, oh, no. There, no, there's... This one is very middle ground. It's not not good, not bad. It's not you know, it's not like you know Scott Tracker not wearing a seatbelt while driving while riding in a car. But anyway, nothing that we've reached our quota of mass references. (laughs) Um, I I understand wanting the the evil warriors and whatnot. I just saying as opposed to just having a singular villain of the week type thing. I'd like that they at least had a band of villains. Um, I still would rather have evil warriors getting character development, but uh, in lieu of having the umpteenth episode of just a singular evil villain, I do like the band of villain idea. So I'll leave it at that, and we will head our way to the trophy case room to see what kind of awards we're going to give out for one for all. I think it's found us. Right, it's awards and rankings for episode 93, One for All. We'll start with you, sir. Power Swords or Havoc Staffs? Power Sword for Cringer. Because he, he actually bit into it. <laughs> and any Havoc Staffs? Mm, nah. Alright. I will echo your sentiment. You stole my idea. Cringer gets a Power <laughs> Sword. Um, he's not only funny in this episode, but he uh, is brave. He gets. He even states that he was just supposed to try to find where the sword was, but he actually got the sword and brought it back to Adam. So Cringer gets a Power Sword. Absolutely. Rating, sir. A three out of five Orcos. Like I said, it's not bad. It's not good. It's just there. And I wanted more... 
I wanted something completely different. I mean, I, I get it. The Space Pirates was referenced in House of Shibubi, but it doesn't matter. They've referenced crap in this series so many times that never pays off. You just referenced me. I like <laughs> no, I referenced Ram Man. House of Shibubi. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so three for you. I disagree slightly. I think it's a little bit better than that. I, I like the the humor in it. Um, I liked Adam having to figure it out without a sword. I like the band of villains. It's not the best episode ever, but I will give it a solid four out of five. Um, one above you, so... Three and four for how we start today with one for all. And that means it is time now to transition into our next episode. Let's see what uh, we think about episode 94. Are you ready to test the Wind Raider's new rocket booster? I'm ready. The new rocket booster is made of Coradite. And since you widgets mine Coradite, we thought you'd like to see the results of your efforts. Waiting for your instructions, Father. All right, check your controls. Check. Fire the rocket. <laughs> Take it to 5,000 feet. 4,000, 4,500, 5,000, 5,500. Level off, dealer. 6,000 feet. 7,000 feet. This is great! That's high enough, Teela. Level off now. It can go higher! Maybe she can't stop. Whoa, maybe the rocket is too powerful. Man-at-arms, maybe... Teela, level off and bring it in. This is so much fun! The test is concluded. Bring it down. Yes, Father. Over and out. <laughs> acted like it wanted to go higher and higher? How high will it go, Man-at-Arms? I don't know. The rocket performs even better than I planned. Probably because of the Coradite. <laughs> That's right, Squinch. I must check out the Wind Raider. You care to help, Adam? Teal and I promised the widgets we'd take them to the beach. <laughs> All right, see you later. That's right, it's time for episode 94, Jacob and the Widgets. Air date Friday, October 19th, written by Harvey Brenner. When an old hermit loses his fishing boat in a wreck, the widgets insist upon helping him, even as Merman plots to raid their fortress. Bad guys, we have Merman and Trapjaw, and the masters, we have the regs. PSA, Teela explains that it's important to let others know that we need them, and asks if the viewers have hugged their parents lately. Um, Orko's fun facts, after He-Man defeats Merman's monsters, we see the widgets cheering, and Squinch suddenly has his spear at hand. Um... In Merman's underwater base, Trapjaw's arm somehow manages to switch sides, even though the stock animation used appears to be consistently the same. There's somehow an arm switch in that scene. Um, yeah, when Prince Adam transforms apparently into He-Man, there's a nice painted background showing the sunset sky. I don't know why that's an Orko fun fact. Um, but yeah, whatever. Um, what, what is your thoughts of the plot of us... <laughs> Having a merman and widget-centered episode with an old hermit that apparently is going to be befriended by the widgets. Uh, what do you think of, of Jacob and the widgets? Which reminds me of some type of like Ewok or or some type of musical band. It's it reminds me of um, what was it old? I don't know. Jacob and the ladder, or Jacob and the <laughs> I don't know so, something. Jacob Jacob the liar, or some Robin Williams movie. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things, you know, you mentioned Trap Jaws in this one, and the funny thing is if you go over to, as of today, this recording, October 20th, 2014, if you go over to RippedApparel.com, they have three designs that are masters, uh, kind of inspired, mm -hmm. and, uh, if you look at them, Trap Jaw is, uh, the Jaws picture. Nice. For a T for a design. The other one is Link with I have the Triforce and then Skeletor is Iron Master the Killer or something or other. I don't know what that reference is, but I saw the the Trap Joe one, I'm like, oh, that is hilarious. Uh, uh as far as this episode goes, um I like it. I think it's interesting. Uh it's better than the last one we talked about. 
Um, not by much, but it is better than the last one we talked about. Uh, I like the whole thing with uh, the old man, you know, learning to, you know, trust people again and, you know, learning to basically live for something or someone. Um, uh, so I, I like that. And finally, some evil warriors. Yay. Yeah, it's always good when you see Merman. Um, yeah. I like him in this episode for most of it, and then he does some stuff that I don't like at all. Um, so it's kind of a mixed bag for Merman for me in this episode. But I, I like the idea of having Merman. You know, it's good to have recurring characters. You know, we get the widgets again. That's fine. They're not as annoying as a lot of the human kid characters. Um, so that's good, and it adds to some continuity when we get some recurring characters. So I have no problem with that. Um, I'll disagree with you about it being better than the last episode slightly. But uh, <laughs> we'll get into what causes that uh, in a little bit <laughs> any thoughts on the PSA um hug your parents no no, no. hug your parents no, no. no hug your parents hug your gray skull let's go all right let's get to gray skull <laughs> <laughs> Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What are you looking for, Merman? Something I can test out my new mechanical sea monsters on. Aha! What is it? The perfect target. A little fishing boat. Well, there could be somebody on the boat. I don't see anybody. But if there is, you'll have a nice swim to shore. This, uh, I gotta see you. No, I wonder what I'll catch today. Yay! <laughs> I got me a big one! Yay! Oh my goodness! Look! A sea monster! Alright, we're at Castle Grayskull for Jacob and the Widgets. Um, I'll go first. I like like I said, that there's recurring characters, and I like that He-Man actually knows something about the moon and the tides, like you said, um, <laughs> off-air. So that's good. Um, I had to double-check the science before we recorded this, just to make... Because I know you've complained about the science and stuff in this show sometimes, so... I just wanted to double-check it, and he is right about the moon and the tides and all that stuff. What about you? What did you like about this episode? Um, this is just a, this is just me watching these things on Hulu. At least they didn't break up the transformation sequence. <laughs> they put the commercial right as he draws the, like right as soon as he puts his hand on the hilt of the sword. <laughs> so I like that it's not broken up in the middle of it. That's just a Hulu thing. Um, Merman whips around and gives Trapjaw a good line. I just, I never saw that coming. Like Merman walks away. He walks out of frame. Trapjaw is still talking and zoom. It's like he's right there. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, and I, I I knew it was going to be only a matter of time before, you know, someone caught Merman. <laughs> the fishing joke. I love that. That was awesome. Um, I do like how Jacob obviously does realize that, you know, he comes around and realizes that, you know, the widgets are his friends and all that stuff, and that's cool, too. Was that all? Um... Yep, that's it. Okay, so some good stuff about Jacob and the Widgets, but there's also some bad stuff, so let's get to Snake Mountain so we can discuss those things. Chair-making time. Let's get some branches and vines. Keep still, and everything will be all right. Got it? Uh, what? Well, what do you want? Chlorodyne. I want some chlorodyne. No! Just tell me where it is, and I'll help myself. It's hidden in the fort, and I'll never tell where. Of course, of course. Tell everybody about this, and I'll tell everybody you told me where the coronite is. 
All right, it's Snake Mountain moments for Jacob and the Widgets. <laughs> First of all, Tila. <laughs> <laughs> you've, just, uh, you've just rescued Byro or whatever his name is from the water place in Dungeon where oh, the stuff's mine. kept. Yeah. You're up there, Merman breaks out of his thing and literally walks right behind you to go in there and you don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like She didn't even attempt to n- acknowledge that she saw him, noticed him, stop him, anything. I was <laughs> like, I'm Merman, I'm going into the water. And she's like, okay, cool. Um... And then Merman, He-Man kicks you one time. <laughs> I love that kick. And, and apparently you bolt for your retreat immediately. Like, is He-Man that scary and that intimidating to you that you're not even willing to try to battle him in the water whatsoever? One kick and you're done? He kicked him right in the ass. <laughs> <sighs> then I was going to comment on He-Man moving the moon without thinking of the consequences of the planet, except for the fact that he moves it back. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess that's all right. But uh, I th- no, it's not. I all think right. that there could have been some other solutions besides actually moving the moon. Like uh, I don't know, move something on Earth or on uh, not Earth on Eternia to block the water, to redirect it, to dam it up, to do something besides going up and trying to actually push the moon. Yeah. No. Go ahead. Um... <laughs> First of all, uh, they have this new cordite-powered rocket for the Wind Raider. And Man-at-Arms constantly says, I don't know how high it'll go, blah, blah, blah. It should have been a clue to us right then and there what the fuck was going to happen at the end of the episode. He-Man takes the Wind Raider into space without a fucking helmet. I don't care if it's Eternia. I don't care. If you leave your planet and you are in the dark blackness void of space, you're going to fucking die without, you know, protective wear. I mean, it's like, you know, going into a mold-infested house or, you know, whatever. Um, And how the hell does He-Man know the proper placement of the moon? He just shoves it back in the other direction. That's all he does. He doesn't, like, do any calculations. He doesn't try to figure out trajectories, anything. He just, to move it away, to get the tide to go down, he just pushes it away, like, out in the middle of nowhere and then goes back and originally, when he originally... when the Wind Raider originally pulled up to the other side of the moon, I thought he was going to push it with the friggin' Wind Raider and not his, his own power. So he just pushes it and it's like, oh, okay, it's back in normal place. You don't fucking know. You didn't do the fucking math, you fucking idiot. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty then. Um, yeah, I mean, this episode definitely has some problems with it um, that prevent it from being a, a fabulous episode but we'll see exactly what it uh, means for the episode as far as ratings go as we get to our awards and ratings it's oh, a beautiful sunset isn't it Cringer it's the prettiest one I've seen all day hey look the widgets must be in trouble can it wait until tomorrow afraid not Cringer by the power of Grayskull. All right, it's time for awards and rankings for Jacob and the Widgets. I will go first. I have a couple Havoc staffs to give out. First, a <laughs> Havoc staff for Hila for not watching or seeing or sensing or noticing Merman going right behind her. And then a Havoc staff to Merman for not putting up a better fight with He-Man. I, yeah. I love Merman, but uh, that was not his best moment. What about you? Um... I'm going to give the power sword to Jacob because at first we thought he was going to be this, you know, lonely old hermit, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi wannabe kind of thing. And and he really does turn around and he really does see that not only is he needed, that that um, he needs them as well with the widgets. And um, it it's like Obi-Wan Kenobi went to go live with the Ewoks. Seriously. Because, I mean, really, when you, when you think of the widgets, what do you think of? You think of the fucking Ewoks. I mean, that's really right. what they are. I mean, <laughs> I mean, unless you want to go the other route and think about the dink dinks, dink ding, ding 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 ding, <laughs> from Spaceballs. Um, uh, I forget what the character names are in those, but anyway, um, uh, yeah. So, power sword to Jacob. Uh, no havoc staffs. Um, 
if I was going to give one, I, I I think she's gotten too many already. I think she takes the cake for Havoc Staffs the entire podcast would be Tila. Uh, yeah, she just doesn't. <laughs> oh, God. What about overall ratings for this episode, sir? Uh, I, it's, even though I have those two really glaring issues, um, it is, I slightly enjoyed this more than... Uh, than the previous episode, so I'm going to give it probably the first time ever I've done this, because I hate doing this. I'm going to give it three Orcos and then cut them in half and give it a 3.5. 3.5! Finally, a half yep. rating from TFG1 Mike. <laughs> um, I am almost there right with you. I will give this one a three. I think it's actually slightly worse than One for All. I liked One for All and the Band of Villains a little bit better than the, the Widgets. And again, some some bad moments in this one. Some bad, you know, Pushing the Moon... The Tila and Merman stuff, um, yeah. I just thought it all could have been done a little bit better. I do appreciate the, the widgets coming back, but I'll give this one a three out of five Battle Cats. All right, that means it's time for the last episode today. Let's make our way to episode 95. Approach and identify yourself. I am called Folori. I have come. We know why you have come. You want the Sunstone to make you well, make you strong again. But at what price? I... I do not understand. To be strong again, would you be willing to give us your land, your farm? But if I give you my land, what will my children eat? How... how will they live? Give us your answer, Valerie. Now. Only one answer is the correct one. No, the answer is no. I will not rob my family for my own benefit. Wait. That, Valerie, was the right answer. Prepare to receive the power of the sun. Bring forth the sunstone. Behold. Now go, Valerie, and be at peace. Thank you. Thank you. The last of the Sunstone's power has been used up. The ceremony of the sun must be performed as soon as the sun is in the proper position. You have notified our guests? I have. As the old legends instructed, there will be present the strongest forces for good in the universe. It is time for episode 95, Trouble's Middle Name, and here's one for you. Not, not just that it's written by J. Michael Straczynski, which is a more uh, common name in the series, but here's the interesting thing for you. Air date for Trouble's Middle Name, Monday, October 20th, 1984. <laughs> yeah. So that is exactly 30 years before today. Yeah. So, 30 years ago this... today, we're talking about the episode that aired here. Yeah, too bad this podcast won't be up till about two weeks from now. Yeah, but I just thought it was <laughs> clever that it's being recorded on its 30th anniversary here. Yeah. So, regardless of when it goes to air date. Um, a relatively peaceful mission is disrupted by the nuisance of an interdimensional practical joker and the unexpected return of Negator. Um, no evil warriors, but we do have uh, Negator making a return appearance and uh, Prankster and Blinker from the land of Orko, Trala, coming in here. Masters, the Rigs, PSA, Tila admits we all have an urge to play a joke on people, but as Prankster learned today, a joke can go too far and can actually hurt someone. This episode marks the return of Negator from the Season 1 episode, Game Plan. Negator traverses the sands of time in a robot spider, the very same one that Trapjaw built in House of Shakoti, and later seen in Beauty and the Beast. Um, Prankster's real name is Wakarapan Wookie. Wakarapan Wookie. Yeah. Um, I thought we were talking about the Ewoks last episode. When He-Man leaps into the energy storm, he utters by the power of Grayskull, but with the stock voice of Prince Adam. Whoops. Yeah. Um, what do you think, sir, about the multiple things going on here? We have the Sunstone, which 
I didn't talk about in the plot, which is needing to be recharged. We have Negator making a return appearance, trying to gain the power of the Sunstone. And then as a side plot, we have Prankster and Blinker causing trouble for the Masters. I like it. I think it's cool. Um, it's interesting. Um, I think we've gotten this practical joke lesson already with uh, Yuckers, uh, Driel's brother, because um, he was always pulling practical jokes on people. So again, they are reusing plots. Um, but I enjoyed this episode more than the others today. I think for me, this is probably the best episode of the day. Um, the return of Negator didn't really care. It, they could have put anybody in that spot. Um, they could have put, um, what's his name? Um, oh, not um, the other wizard. There was another one. Oh, God, there have been so damn many of them. Um, the one that said he was working for Skeletor, but he never, we never actually saw Skeletor. It was very early on. It was some weird Alan Oppenheimer offshoot of Man, Man at Arms voice. I forget gotcha. what his name is. But, you know, the. This one is good. It's interesting. Um, I, I just wish that they would stop, you know, reusing old plots. Yeah. Um, this one definitely has a lot of stuff going on. Um, I like the connection, obviously, with Trala. I like the return of a character, just like we had the widgets in the last episode. We get Negator again in this episode. Um, you know, it's back to, like, the harken back to the classic 80s tropes here with the uh, the gem or the stone or the artifact or the, you know valuable asset that is uh, trying to be taken, you know, to gain power, etc. That's something we see a lot. It's not something we've seen a lot recently in the He-Man series. Um, something we saw more in the beginning, like in Season 1 and stuff. But, uh, you know, plot-wise, pretty basic with some fluff around it as far as the prankster and the blinker and all that stuff. But, uh, I don't know, it's like a basic plot wrapped up with some bows and ribbons and stuff to try to make it look a little bit different. Yeah, um, I mean, and as far yeah. as the PSA and not playing practical jokes, I mean, it fit with the episode, so I have no problems with that. Yeah, I don't have any problems with the PSA. I just, again, I wish they would, you know, you know, no offense to Mr. Straczynski. Yes, you're right. He is one of the core people that were doing this show, but, you know, give me a Larry Dottilio episode. Give me a Paul Dini episode. Give me somebody else writing this episode to make it not so much like the Yuckers episode. Um, and honestly, seriously, when I first um, when I first saw this, I'm like, oh, okay, they have to trick him. I know exactly where what this entire episode is referencing, and I'll get to that when we get to Grayskull. All right, well, let's get to Grayskull then so we can hear the anticipation building here as people want to know what you're talking about. So let's get to Grayskull. Here we go again! By the power of Grayskull! Alright, it's time for the Castle Grayskull moments here. For Trouble's middle name, um, I like the idea of Prankster and Negator interacting with the pranks. Like, Prankster would do something and Negator would make it worse, or Negator would make it, you know, different. So I kind of liked that, mm. that one was just trying to be nice and playing pranks where the other one was kind of coming in afterwards and, and doing his deed there. I like the idea of the recurring character of Negator. Um, I also like the idea that there's like a, basically it turns out into a series of obstacles that uh, the masters have to get through because of all these different pranks and stuff as they travel to the, uh, the Sunstone place. Um, so it's almost like a little odyssey thing there where they have to go against a, a series of, of creatures, etc. I actually think this almost could have been a two-parter. Mm -hmm. um, I think when Negator gets to the actual Sunstone and steals the power and becomes huge, mm -hmm. that they could have let him be huge for a while. Like that, him getting the power could have been like to be continued, and then it could have been like the Masters dealing with him with all his power, and and they could have drawn out the journey to take away his power and to get the Sunstone back, or or this, that, and the other. I think they handled that. When he got the power, I'm like, there's only three minutes left in this episode. <laughs> and, and they wrapped it up real quickly, and I think that could have been even built into a two-parter, possibly. Mm. I do like how the power transfer constantly was going on, though, from Negator to the Sun, from the Sun to Negator, from yeah, Negator, you know, from the Stone to the Power Sword, and the Power Sword back to. I, I do like all of that. Um, 
what I mentioned earlier at the end of the the um, plot thing was He-Man has his own Mr. Mizyez Pidlik. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mizyez Pidlik is from Superman. And he has to do the... He's from the fifth dimension. He comes over and does practical jokes on Superman to get Superman's goat. And Superman always has to say his... Get him to say his name backwards, which is kill Um Exact same thing. I, I found that absolutely hilarious that they're pulling a Superman reference this entire episode with, with uh, Prankster and whatever else. I thought that was cool. Um, but the rest of it, it I, I don't know. It just... I just felt like it was done before. I think you feel that way a lot. Yeah. That's what happens when you get to episode 90 on that series. Yeah, uh, 95, yeah. All right. Well, like I said, there's definitely some good stuff about this episode. Um, I think there is a few a few things that could have been a little bit better, so let's get to Snake Mountain and discuss those. <laughs> I still think we ought to bury it. Give him a chance, Cat. Go ahead, Orko. What's this? What does the note say? Oh, it says you do not open this bottle. Oops. <laughs> I always said he'd go far someday. Lowlights. Troubles. Middle name. Go for it, sir. Haven't we seen this before? <laughs> I actually haven't. Haven't we heard this that. before? Yeah. yeah, haven't we seen this before? <laughs> um, you know, it, it was an interesting story. It was a merman story. Um, yeah, it, Oh no! Wait, this wasn't the merman story, was it? No, no, it wasn't a merman story. It was the no. That's right. It was Negator. Like we never really get. Okay, sure. Negator wants to be all powerful, so he can rule the world. Is that the the only like he he doesn't have like Negator has no backstory really. He has like he he isn't like one of the other wizards that are the the other one I mentioned earlier that. Um, was kind of scrawny and small and he wanted to be bigger and more powerful and right it's not like that it's not like squint going to or squinch or whatever the hell his name is going to evil in because he wanted more power and everything else it just i don't know it this episode is just kind of there and i said earlier that this might be the best one of the day now that i'm thinking about it and really really looking over it it might be the worst one of the day we got a flip-flopper we got a flip-flopper um well, yeah. I thought there was a possibility that we had too much going on here because we have Prankster on one hand, we have Negator on another hand, we have the Sun People. We, I mean, there was a lot of different things that were happening. For a while, you weren't sure how they were all going to connect or how they were all going to interact. Um, I think they executed it fairly well, but it is a lot to take in for the episode. Um, again, I hate it when He-Man does this type of thing, the whole sandstorm with him waving his sword around and then all of a sudden sand appears but it didn't come from the ground it came from his sword like there was no sand trail from the ground um <laughs> and uh <laughs> i kind of wish the sunstorm would not have made him made negator actually larger i wish it yeah. would have just made him like glow to signify that he was stronger but i didn't need him to become giant and then become tiny and then i guess he disappeared and gone forever but i didn't care for the size change as much as i would have just liked him to be more powerful yeah absolutely all right well let's see what the flip-flopper ends up uh, s settling on as we get to our rankings Shut and awards up. for episode 95 30 years ago today troubles middle name <laughs> he's got you there he man well we don't think it's very funny either just who do you think you are Oh, that's for me to know, and for you not to find out. <laughs> I think I can help, Tila. Uh, you're from Trala, aren't you? Oh, maybe. Trala, but that's where you come from. That's right. Only he comes from the part called Caradania. We call it the land of practical jokers. Oh, at your service. Oh, this, this is my associate, Blinker. 
pleased, I'm sure. And this is... <laughs> you may call me Prankster. My, my real name is <laughs> Secret. Well, that's because as soon as he says his real name, he has to go back to his own universe. It's part of their magic, right? Right. Oops, me and my big mouth. So we're stuck with you and your jokes until we can trick you, uh... I mean, until you feel like saying your name, is that it? <laughs> you got it! We're gonna stay around here and have fun, fun, fun! See you soon! Bye-bye! All right, it's rankings time for episode 95, Trouble's Middle Name. I actually do not have power swords or havoc staffs to give out for anybody. It's one of those episodes where I don't feel like anybody earned either one. Nobody was terrible, nobody was great, but maybe you'll disagree with me. Anything to hand out hardware-wise? Um... <laughs> I'm always about doing strange things with the power swords, people. Can I give the power sword to itself? Because I love the effect <laughs> of the power sword transferring the power. The sunstone power. <laughs> give me the power sword to the power sword. <laughs> um, we should have given a havoc yeah, staff to the havoc staff when it got broken in half the other day. <laughs> yeah, we should have last time. That would have been awesome. Um... <laughs> You know, there wasn't... Yeah, you're right. There really is nothing that stands out here. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if I should give a power sword to Orko because I did like... And it's kind of something I should have mentioned in my Castle Grayskull moments. I liked the origin because there was part of an origin here where he tells everybody that the prankster is from a... He's from Trala, but he's from a different... Right village in Trala. So Trala isn't just, okay, this is Trala. Like, there are multiple layers of the onion that is Trala. So I kind of liked, um... I kind of liked that, that that backstory, but I don't know if it's worthy enough giving Orko a power sword for. So. Alright, and ranking, sir. You gave one for all a three. You gave Jacob and the Widgets a three and a half. You give Trouble's middle name a... Two. Two. I already had it written down. Alright. <laughs> um, I kind of go back and forth on this one. I like some aspects. I don't like some aspects. Um, I gave one for all a four. I gave Jacob and the Widgets a three. I think this one's somewhere in the middle. I give it a three and a half. Um, I think it's slightly better than Jacob and the Widgets, but not as good as one for all. Um, I liked Prankster and Negator kind of playing off of each other, but uh, definitely had some issues. No great episode today, but I feel like they're all decent episodes. A three, a three and a half, and a four for me. They're better than the ones we got in episode 31, I'll say that. That is true. It's a step in the right direction. Let's see if we can build on that and, and get even better going forward. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting day. What do you think? Um, what do I think of what? 30 years ago. This yeah. is where we're sitting at right now. Uh, it needs to improve more, so... We're going to take a quick ad break and come back to close the show after this. Today's story was about cooperation, working together to get a job done. Have you ever tried to lift something heavy? With help from a friend or two, the job becomes easier. If we offer to help someone with his or her job, that person might be willing to help us when we have a tough job to do. That's how people cooperate, by helping each other to get things done. Why, a job that's dull and boring can be fun with a friend's help. Give it a try. Until next time, bye-bye. Because the widgets helped Jacob, he chose to stand beside them when they were in danger. Afterwards, he planned to leave them because he was so used to living alone. Only after he discovered that he was really needed by the widgets did Jacob agree to stay and be their mayor. It's important to let those around us know that we love and need them. Have you hugged your parents today? Well, just a good thing I was alone to take care of his little jokes. Yes, sir, there's not a single joke in his that I couldn't get rid of with a simple spell. Orko, don't you think you should... Should what? Well, I never said I was perfect. We all have the urge once in a while to play a joke on someone. But as Prankster learned today, jokes have a way of getting out of hand. When that happens, it can backfire. And then the joke isn't funny. It might be dangerous. And it might hurt someone. Maybe you. So next time you think about pulling a joke on someone, no matter how safe you think it is, think twice about it. Then, don't do it. <laughs> Bye for now.
Thank you for listening to Tales of Eternia. If you'd like to get in contact with us to leave feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can comment on all of our other episodes and other blog posts and all that good stuff. Send an email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. Leave us feedback in iTunes. Please do this. We are still at only four reviews on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, at geekcastradio is the network Twitter. Mine is TFG and Mike. What is your Twitter? Optimus Solo. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcast or radio network. Call the voicemail line 502-526-5821. Tell us the show you're leaving the message for and your name. We hope you enjoyed the tales today and don't forget to join us on our next adventure when we will continue season two discussing episodes 93, 94, and 95. Those were the ones we just discussed today. What the hell is wrong with the script? Journey to Stone City, A Bird in the Hand, and Battle Cat. Huh, that's an ominous title. For now, I am TFG and Mike with Optimus Solo. The powers of Grayskull, you all have the power. What the hell, man? Have you never you, done one of these before? Have you never? Have you never? Do you never change the damn thing? I just didn't change the numbers. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? If I'm supposed to read the damn copy, how am I? Ugh. Oh.